Welcome to the Develop Yourself podcast, where we teach you everything you need to land your first job as a software developer by learning to develop yourself, your skills, your network, and more. I'm Brian, your host. About a year ago, I tried to start an online business mentoring and coaching software developers. And as you may know, I also now the owner of Parsity, a coding training program, and you should check it out. Anyway, before all this, I was like, I should do my own business, right? And I thought, okay, cool. I, I know software really well. I've, I've been teaching it in boot camps. I'm an engineering manager. I work with like developers on my team. I see that they could generally use my help. And I thought, cool, I have this idea. I have this skill. Now, how do I start a business? I'm going to walk you through how I started the business, the 500 conversations I've had with developers all around the world, and what I've learned from that, and what you can take away from that too, to understand how you may fit in the larger context and space of software developers out there, how we're not much different from each other, and maybe a little bit about starting your own business and some of the mistakes I made and how you can avoid them. So had the idea, knew what I wanted, and I thought, great, I just got to get the word out. I was too afraid to go on LinkedIn, so I went on Instagram and I started posting. Got like zero interaction, just not not at all what I expected. I thought people would like give me something, like a few likes or whatever. I made a whole new account, a business account, and started posting, you know, just started like speaking into a camera, which was really awkward at the time. I didn't feel comfortable at all doing it, but I thought, well, this is how you get customers, right? I tried paid ads on Facebook, didn't really work. Google ads banned me immediately. I was like, come on, man. I paid thousands of dollars for coaches to show me how to monetize my knowledge. And that just led to more Facebook ads, unfortunately. And Facebook ads do work. I'm running some right now. They, they do work when you know how to do them right. But when you're first starting off, not really the right place to start. Then I thought, you know, I already got a following on LinkedIn. I got a small following on LinkedIn. And I'm like, maybe I should just speak there. It felt like a natural fit to reach the customer base, which is junior developers looking to pass interviews and increase their technical depth. And that was the right place for that. For Parsity, on the other hand, which is getting people that want to learn to code, LinkedIn is not the greatest place. And now I am moving back to paid ads and using Facebook or even talking like through a podcast like this to, to gain more people that are just at that like decision point. Anyway, I was pretty scared though when it came to talking on LinkedIn. I'm like, what are, what are my coworkers going to think? What are other more experienced developers going to think? Who's going to take me seriously? Would, would people rip me apart? Would they say, hey, who, who are you? Who are you to tell me anything about what you think about writing code? I did it anyways. One thing about me is I'm a stubborn SOB. And when I want something, I'm going to try really hard to get it. And despite my insecurity, my very crippling anxiety that I still deal with, I say, I'm just going to do this. What's the worst that can happen? Remember this, 10 plus years ago, I was basically one step away from prison or getting killed in the street. So in retrospect and comparison, a lot of this stuff just doesn't mean that much to me in the big scheme. And I have to remind myself that because I still get really freaked out, like when it comes to speaking on a mic, speaking in public, talking to people that I think are smarter than me that have degrees. Like I still get freaked out by that, right? But I also know that like, hey, so what? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody laughs at me, tells me I'm dumb. You know, it still hurts, <laughs> but it's not going to stop me. Anyway, so I started, I started writing Monday through Friday. And I had some moderate success. I got a little attention. Got a few, I got a couple customers actually too. And the funny thing was they mostly came from Instagram, which is interesting too. So I was writing on LinkedIn where I've actually gotten a lot of customers 
or a lot of engagement, but most of my customers actually have come from Instagram. Weird. Goes to show you that likes are not cash, right? So if you're trying to do your own business, don't get too caught up in like the vanity metrics, like who liked my post? I have 10,000 subscribers or whatever. Who cares? You know, check your, your bank account. How many people are you helping? Are people actually getting value out of your program? Are you getting testimonials? These are the things that I would now optimize for. Anyway, one day things changed. I saw I got crazy amount of notifications on LinkedIn. I'm like, what the hell? What's going on here? What, what happened? Kyle Simpson reposted one of my posts. I was blown away. Kyle Simpson is the JavaScript guru. He's written several very, very popular books on JavaScript, generally well-regarded and respected as like a pioneer, a pillar in the JavaScript community, famous dude. And he reposted me. I'm like, wait, what? Holy fish cakes. My followers skyrocketed. And then I saw my calendar on Calendly fill up with appointments, like a lot of them. And I was like, oh no. I do these calls, by the way, not only to like make sales, but because I genuinely like talking about this stuff. I got into web development and coding as a hobby and as a career change. And I really enjoy it. I don't mind talking to people for free. People have told me actually that's a really bad business model. Like you're wasting time. And I have had to pull back a little bit on it. But in general, like I don't see anything wrong with being a human and talking to you about that stuff. So if you are interested in talking to me and whether or not you have any interest in moving forward with Parsity, I'm totally open to having a conversation. You can go on the Parsity.io website, look for the Calendly link in there by getting the syllabus or something and have a chat with me. I don't, I don't actually expect to sell people on that call. You know, if you want to do the program already, I'm just there to answer questions. But if you have questions in general, 15 minutes of my time is not going to kill me. Anyway, I did a bunch of these calls, right? In fact, by now I've done about 500. I've spoken with developers from the US, India, Pakistan, Nigeria, Europe, Australia, Canada, plenty of other countries. And here's what I've learned. 100% of developers feel imposter syndrome. And this shocked me, actually. I didn't realize how widespread this was. I spoke with people that are founders of tech startups, senior developers at like top tech companies, a ton of bootcamp grads, of course. The most recurring theme in these conversations is the feeling that we just don't know as much as our coworkers or others in the industry that are at our same level. One particular call really stood out to me. It was the senior software engineer at Amazon. He'd been recently promoted. And I thought, what is he even... What is he calling me for? What advice could I possibly give this guy? And it was interesting. He said he felt that luck had been on his side throughout his journey and that he would be found out at any moment. This guy had six years experience, been promoted, one of the top software companies in the world. And I'm like, wait, what? You too? I know this feeling way too well. Many of you may as well. I'm a self-taught developer. I come from a very non-traditional background, didn't grow up with computers, had a crazy life before this basically a street level hustler. And what's worked for me and what I recommend to others is to list out the skills you feel are missing from your tool belt and make an actionable plan to actually get those skills. Next thing I learned, most of your LinkedIn profiles and resumes have the exact same issues. So at some point you're going to want a job as a developer, or maybe you're currently in that phase. Everybody makes these same mistakes, which is really interesting to me. They, uh, they say they're junior. They say they're aspiring. They say they're learning. And they say, I'm an, I'm an aspiring, passionate junior developer. <laughs> Please hire me. No one wants to take a chance on you. Please don't say those things. I'm also an engineering manager. I generally don't like those phrases because you're competing with people that are leading strong and saying, hey, I'm a software developer. Here's what I have to offer. If you're leading with like, help me, 
that that's not a great way to come across it. It, it paints us a, a picture of you as, as needy in general, you know, take, I'm sorry if that sounds harsh. I just want to, I want to make sure ultimately that you get hired and win. Right. And I'm going to tell you the way I see it, which is the way other people may see this differently. This is the way I would suggest you do things. Next big issue is a relevant job history. Maybe you have no work history. Maybe you were a French fry chef. Maybe you got recently released from prison. I don't know. Anyway, no one wants to know all, of, all that about you. They want to hire you for being a software developer. Again, sorry if this sounds harsh. I'm just trying to be realistic. Like, this is not a charity here. I want to make sure you win the game. I don't want you to play the game to play it for the sake of playing it. I want you to win it. If you don't have work history, go get some. Make a site for your cousin, uncle, friend, the hairdresser, the rapper, the singer, the artist, whatever. Deploy it. Now you're a freelance web developer. You're welcome. Put that on LinkedIn. Get connections. Get to 500 connections, as a matter of fact. That is a magic number because it essentially connects you to everybody in the LinkedIn ecosphere. And people say, oh, I hate LinkedIn. It's so lame and fake. But guess what? It's where all the jobs are. It's where all the people with jobs are. It's where I am and where I'm hiring people. What are you thinking? You can't just avoid LinkedIn. <laughs> you could, you know, try it out and tell me how that works. Go on LinkedIn, find awesome people that are on there. There's a ton of great people on there giving out free information constantly that want to help you out. What is so wrong with that? Also, don't limit yourself. Apply for jobs where you meet around 50% of the requirements and shave off one or two years off the desired years of experience. If you meet 100% of the qualifications, you, my friend, are overqualified. Next big learning. Developers want to learn new skills, but they don't know how or what to learn. There's a lot to learn. Too much. <laughs> Way too much. Every other day. My generic advice, put away the tutorial for a bit. Maybe stop watching YouTube videos. Maybe stop listening to people like me if you need to. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But yeah, you know, you don't need to listen to every talking head out there. These are my opinions. You might listen to some other person's opinions that resonate more with you. Build something outside of your work or your program, your whatever you're in, that uses a technology that you're interested in. This project does not need to be some public affair. It can be a janky, less than polished app. The point is to learn. This is how you make yourself more hireable. It's how you actually gain the skills that will translate into practical use at your current job and the next one. Building a side project doesn't have to be a beautiful type of thing that you're going to share that solves a real world problem. It can be something that just teaches you something. That's the whole benefit of doing a side project. I have tons of advice on doing side projects that you should also ask me about if you set up one of those 15 minute calls. I'll be recording something about that in the future because building a good side project is an art, but it's also a process that is repeatable. Next learning. New grads are overly focused on DSA, which means data structures and algorithms and toy problems. At the time that I was um, recording this, there are 300,000 plus open positions for software engineers just on LinkedIn. There's only a handful of companies that are in the top five software in the world. Fang, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. They're, they're not hiring all 300,000 of those roles, right? Most of them are places that you've never heard of. So don't bet the house on cracking one of the insane interviews at one of these five companies or six companies, you don't need to only study lead code or, you know, traversing trees or obscure algorithms. Like that's not to say you shouldn't learn these things at some point, but like, be smart about it. You're, you're likely going to go to a company that is not 
um, going to test you on this stuff. Study concepts over specific problems. No one wants somebody that can memorize stuff. They want somebody that understands the concept. Learn the common approaches to these types of problems. What are the approaches, the tried and true approaches out there? Code the data structures from scratch and then learn how to leverage them. The rest of the time, I think, for studying for interviews should be, be related to the tools of your trade. If you're a JavaScript developer, which I know many of you are, look up the specific features of your language. Closure, bind, call, apply, map, reduce, filter. How do you make an API request? How do you build a small component with React? Pair a program with a real human. I mean, do an interview, a mock interview with a, a real human. And very lastly, we could all use a boost. Right? Life is rough. No matter who you are, where you're from, I've talked to people that had, maybe their dad was a software engineer and they grew up with it. I've talked to other people that came from a life of crime or severe poverty. We're dealing with a lot of the same things. Rejection sucks. We're all feeling underappreciated. We feel drained. Family problems affect us all. We feel a little less than adequate. So a lot of times in the these conversations would just be me listening. It wasn't always some practical or tactical thing. Sometimes we would just want to vent and I get it. You know, we all need to unload sometimes. And I'm humbled and honored that people would trust me to share their personal issues and insecurities. And my main advice to you, I don't care if this is cheesy, be optimistic. We could all use a little more cheese in our life. Understand that none of us have this figured out. I've gained some knowledge in a very, very small slice of life, and I'm happy to share what worked for me, and I hope it can work for you on your own journey. That's not to say that you won't figure out what works for you. Be practically optimistic. I've seen people that thought they would never get hired get hired. I've seen people that went from boot camp, 300, 500 rejections, to finally get hired and do really, really well. Be practically optimistic, be consistent, and maybe I'll talk to you on the next 500 calls. See you around. That'll do it for today's episode of the Develop Yourself podcast. To learn more about becoming a software engineer with us, then check out parsity.io. If you're not quite ready for that, then jump into our dev30.xyz program, which is 30 days of working on your mindset, habits, and JavaScript skills. Totally worth it. See you next week.